I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Chuba Akpom. I hope you enjoy listening to this edition of Arsenal Audio Programme. Carabao Cup semi-final, Wednesday, January 24th, 2018. Arsenal vs Chelsea, kick-off 8pm. The contents. The boss. The captain. Voice of Arsenal. Player feature, David Ospina. Youth. Young Gun. Semis. In the mix, community, match action, Chelsea v Arsenal, visitors, Chelsea, women, unseen Arsenal, match action, Arsenal v Crystal Palace, my story, teams, The boss, Arsene Wenger. Arsen on tonight's game, the FA Youth Cup, and Henrik Mkhitaryan. Arsen was talking to Rob Kelly. It was important for us to start well against Crystal Palace on Saturday. I said there was a period of uncertainty inside the squad, so it was important for us to focus again on what we are made of, the speed and quality of our movement, and our passing. We started well. You could see it was a relief for the team, and then it was good to see we could come back to what is important to us, the quality of our game. We had a good team attitude, and everyone wanted to bring his qualities to the team. The major information you get from this game is everybody had a collective team attitude and was helpful to his partners. After that, we know that our DNA is the speed and the quality of our passing. Nacho Monreal scored one and assisted two at the weekend, but then came off during the game. We have an uncertainty over whether he will be available tonight. He'll have a test before the match, as will Aaron Ramsey, who might be back in the squad. Olivier Giroud and Danny Welbeck are both a fraction short, though. Since the weekend's match, the big news was as signing Henrik Mkhitaryan, with Alexis going the other way. We lose a world-class player and we gain a world-class player. How efficient will that be? That will be down to the performances of both players. 
Mkhitaryan has the qualities to integrate into our game and that is based a lot on movement and technical quality. I think he has the attributes, a good team attitude as well, and I'm confident that it will work. He can play in all kinds of positions, on the flanks, and he can play through the middle as well. I think he's very versatile, and it should help us to be very efficient going forward. Mkhitaryan will bring quality of runs to our attacking play, along with the quality of creativity. He can be very penetrating with his passing and his runs. He will also bring technical stability and experience too. He knows what it is to fight at the top level. I have no doubt about his attitude, his commitment, his desire to do well. However, he won't be available for tonight's match as he's already played for Manchester United in the Carabao Cup this season. Looking at tonight's game, both teams know each other very well. This is the fifth competitive time we've played this season and we also played a friendly against Chelsea in China last summer. The first leg was very blocked. The second leg will certainly be more open because at some stage the teams will have to open up to try and win the game. It should be much more spectacular than the first one. I think the two teams are very close to each other every time we meet and the form of the day can be the decider. The strength of the motivation on the day can be a decider as well. It has always been very tight. Both are good teams who know each other very well now, so it's very difficult. It's very unpredictable. Finally, I wanted to congratulate our under-18 team for their FA Youth Cup win away at Liverpool at the weekend. My assessment is it rewards the quality of the work we do at youth level, and I think if you look at our quality at youth level be it in the under-23s or the under-18s, we are at a very good level compared to everybody else. It's an aspect that is a bit lost in the Premier League now. Nobody speaks any more about the quality of the work done at youth level, but I think as well it's part of our genes and we have to continue to give a chance to young players. Personally, I'm encouraged by the results we make at youth level. I would say it's very important that I continue to do that, to give a chance to these young boys. We have at the moment Eddie and Ketia, Rhys Nelson, Joe Willock, Jeff Crane, Adelaide, who are very close. We have good young players like Josh De Silva, Ben Sheaf, Jordi Osei-Tutu. All these players have a chance to make it at Arsenal Football Club and it's important we don't lose them. I've always said having 60-80% to 80 of players who have been educated at the club would be ideal because they get the values, the importance of the competition through the younger generations at the club. After, when they play in the first team, that importance is there in their minds because they have been ingrained there at a young age. That would be absolutely ideal. The sense of belonging to something that is bigger than you is absolutely vital. It's important that in the future the club is built again with these young players. For a successful youth team policy, the last step is the integration in the first team. If the last step is successful, the first step, that means the scouting, becomes more easy because you have something to offer. You have something to show for. The integration into the first team makes the rest easier for scouting, coaching. You can tell them, look, the guy in front of you, he worked hard in that session. 
that shows them an example to follow and is of course encouraging. The captain. The captain on a big opportunity for the team tonight. The way we executed our chances, the way we played, the way we decided to take the game in our own hands and go on the front foot with lots of intensity was what most impressed me against Crystal Palace on Saturday. That makes our combination play so much easier in terms of when we have the ball and when we don't. You could feel from the start that we were really on it. We wanted to show that we could produce performances like that, that we can be dangerous on set pieces. We scored a variety of goals, and the fact we were 4-0 up midway through the first half says it all. When the spirit is there and everyone is on the same page, working as a team to win the ball back high up the pitch, it shows the fans how serious we are. That creates energy, which is vital for any team. It wasn't easy in the second half, They came into the game more and we made it easier for them, but our start to the match gave us the best chance to win this game. We should look into this very deeply and examine what we must replicate. It was a good win for us, but there's always elements you can improve, and we have to especially look at our start to the second half. We must be careful with that and make sure we don't give up that momentum easily. When you're 4-0 up, you have the opportunity to work on your game, to be patient, to pick out the right moments. We missed that in the second half, and it was a good reminder for us. But in general, it was good for us to remind ourselves of how well we can play, the damage we can do on set pieces, particularly ahead of another big game tonight. We played with a four-man defence on Saturday. We're used to that, and three at the back now too. And you could tell that everyone knew what to do, ready to back each other up. It all came together against Crystal Palace and looked really good at times. You could really feel the spirit in the team, and that was more important than how we played. The big news off the pitch this week has seen Enrique Mkhitaryan join us, and I just wanted to point out what a brilliant addition I believe he'll be. It's given us a lift to have signed such a great player, who is capable, whether it's in combination or without the ball. He's got all the ingredients to be successful here. In his first training session, he already showed such a willingness to work for the team. I'm very happy that we've signed Enrique. He's shown in the Bundesliga, in Ukraine and at Manchester United what he can do. I think he made a good choice. As part of the deal, Alexis has gone in the other direction. He scored a lot of goals for us and was a man who we could always rely on both in terms of assisting and scoring. I'd like to thank him for this contribution to our club and wish him well for the future. Enrique was a huge fan's favourite in Dortmund because of the way he played. He linked with the other players, always created chances for others, and that's something we want. His record there, both scoring and assisting, was pretty amazing. At Manchester United, he didn't have the same playing time, but he made an impact as well. I'm just looking forward to training with him on a consistent basis and watching him grow towards making the contribution he made at Dortmund. He wants to prove that he's coming back to his best and we're here to help get the best out of him. I think he fits perfectly into this football club. So all in all, the mood is pretty good at the moment. Now we want to take that into tonight's match. We've got the possibility of reaching Wembley and we'll do all we can to get there. 
it would be amazing for us to get to another final and have another opportunity to play at Wembley. Those are the special occasions you play for. Hopefully we can execute our plans from the start and make sure we play with the same defensive spirit and unity that we did at Stamford Bridge. It will be important for us to keep our defensive structure and from there move the ball quickly and well. Our last game against Chelsea at the Emirates was open and entertaining. Both sides had plenty of chances and tonight we're expecting another competitive game. We need to put the right ingredients into our game. The defensive structure will be key how we play without the ball, and that we make sure we're incisive when we do have it. If we can get possession in those pockets where we're dangerous, we'll have a good chance to win this game and go through to the final. Pear was talking to Nick Brumsack. Voice of Arsenal Henrik Sagana Henrik Mkhitaryan has signed for us on a long-term contract in a deal that sees Alexis Sanchez join Manchester United. Henrik made 39 appearances for United, scoring five times, and was part of their UEFA Europa League winning squad last season. He is the captain of the Armenian national team and is their all-time top scorer. He has also received the Armenian Footballer of the Year award eight times. The 29-year-old midfielder started his career with Armenian side FC Punic, where he won the Armenian Premier League on four occasions. He then moved to Ukraine, where he played for Metalur Donetsk before joining Shakhtar Donetsk, where he made 72 appearances and won the Ukrainian Premier League title three times. In 2013, Henrik transferred to Borussia Dortmund in the Bundesliga. He made 140 appearances and scored 41 goals during his three seasons with the German Giants, and he was part of the squad that won the domestic Super Cup in 2014. On his move, Henrik said, I'm very happy that we could finish this deal, and I'm very happy to be here. It's a dream come true, because I've always dreamed of playing for Arsenal. Now that I'm here, I'll do my best for this club to create history. Arsene Wenger added, Henrik is a very complete player. He creates chances, he defends well, he can absorb distances, and he's very committed as well. I must say he's a player who has all the attributes. As part of the transfer, Alexis has joined Manchester United. Alexis scored 80 goals in 166 appearances during his time with us. He was part of two Emirates FA Cup winning squads, 2015 and 2017, scoring in both finals. We thank Alexis for his contribution to the club. We welcome Henrik to Arsenal Football Club and wish him well for his time with us. Henrik's two squad numbers. Henrik will wear the number seven for Premier League fixtures this season. However, in the Europa League, because Alexis has already represented Arsenal in the competition wearing number seven, Henrik will wear a different number, which has yet to be finalised. Extra time and penalty rules. Extra time and penalties could decide which team books their place in the Carabao Cup final this evening. If the aggregate score is level after 90 minutes, 30 minutes of extra time will be played. If the aggregate score is still level, the tie will be decided by away goals. If the score is still nil-nil, there will be a penalty shootout using the ABBA system. Willow organise Unforgettable Day we welcomed five young Arsenal supporters to our training ground earlier this month for an unforgettable day out. 
The visit was organised by Willow, who creates special days for seriously ill young adults aged 16 to 40. The Gooners and their guests were welcomed to London Colney for an exclusive behind-the-scenes tour. They met their players and Arsene Wenger, watched the team train and ate lunch in the players' restaurant. We have a long-standing relationship with Willow, who became an official partner of the Arsenal Foundation in 2013. Since then we have donated more than £300,000, including £180,000 recently to fund special days for young people with conditions such as motor neurone disease, muscular dystrophy and Huntington's disease. Founded by former Arsenal goalkeeper Bob Wilson and his wife Megs, Willow is a memorial to their daughter Anna, who died of cancer aged 31. Steffi scores again. Well done to on-loan gunner Steffi Mavadidi, who scored late on in Charlton Athletic's 3-1 win against Walsall in League One last Saturday. The forwards started the game on the left and cut inside late on to score, ensuring that the hosts remain sixth in the table and in contention for the playoffs. Steffi was also on target early this month to give the Addicts a 1-0 win over Oldham. Congratulations, Steffi, and keep the goals coming. Ref Watch, Michael Oliver. This evening's referee is Michael Oliver from Northumberland. Mr Oliver, who took charge of our 0-0 Premier League draw at Stamford Bridge earlier in the season, is tonight officiating his 19th match involving us since the start of the 2014-15 season. And here's our full recent record with him in charge. 2017-18 Premier League, Chelsea 0, Arsenal 0, 3 yellow cards. Premier League, Manchester City 3, Arsenal 1, 6 yellow cards. Premier League, Crystal Palace 2, Arsenal 3, 1 yellow card. 2016-17 Premier League, Arsenal 3, Liverpool 4, 3 yellow cards. Premier League, Arsenal 3, Chelsea 0. Premier League, Bournemouth 3, Arsenal 3, 3 yellow cards. FA Cup Sutton United 0, Arsenal 2, 2 yellow cards. Premier League, Crystal Palace 3, Arsenal 0, 1 yellow card. Premier League, Tottenham Hotspur 2, Arsenal 0, 3 yellow cards. Premier League, Arsenal 3, Everton 1, 2 yellow cards, 1 red card. 2015-16, Premier League, Arsenal 0, Liverpool 0, 1 yellow card. Premier League, Tottenham Hotspur 2, Arsenal 2, 3 yellow cards, 1 red card. 2014-15, Community Shield, Arsenal 3, Manchester City 0. Premier League, Arsenal 1, Tottenham Hotspur 1, 3 yellow cards. Premier League, Liverpool 2, Arsenal 2, 3 yellow cards. FA Cup, Brighton 2, Arsenal 3. FA Cup, Manchester United 1, Arsenal 2, 2 yellow cards. Premier League, Arsenal 0, Chelsea 0, 4 yellow cards. Total, 40 Arsenal yellow cards, 2 Arsenal red cards. Played 18, won 7, drawn 7, lost 4. Goals 4, 31, goals against 26. Jimmy Armfield it was with great sadness that the club learned of the death of Jimmy Armfield. A former England captain and member of the 1966 World Cup squad, he played for Blackpool his entire career before managing Bolton and Leeds and working extensively for the FA. 
However, he will be known to many for his role over many decades as a superb radio summariser for the BBC. Our thoughts are with his family. Henry Bowie. Militia and Tia, the wife and daughter of Henry Bowie, will be at tonight's game, celebrating Henry's life and his undying love for Arsenal, following his untimely death aged 27 after an assault on April 1st, 2017. Henry's daughters Tia, aged 6, and Amelia, aged 1, are part of the next generation of supporters following in their dad's footsteps. R.I.P. Henry. On this day, 1998, Parlor and Overmars score in 2-1 win at Middlesbrough. 2014, Gedi and Zelalem makes debut as we beat Coventry City 4-0 in the FA Cup fourth round. Coming up, Sunday, Arsenal women are away at Reading and the under-23s travel to Sunderland. Tuesday, Henrik Mkhitaryan could make his debut for us away at Swansea City. Matchball Sponsor This evening's Matchball Sponsor has sent in the following message. Today's matchday sponsor Finlay is looking forward to the game and would like to say, Come on Arsenal! Under-23's trip to Liverpool rearranged. Our Premier League 2 fixture against Liverpool has been rearranged after the game had been originally postponed. We will face the Reds in early April at Prenton Park. Full match details are as follows. Liverpool under-23s v Arsenal under-23s. Premier League 2. Kick-off 7pm UK time. Prenton Park. Richard reaches 100. We were delighted to welcome Arsenal fan Richard Robinson on a stadium tour as he celebrated his 100th birthday recently. Richard, who used to sell Arsenal programmes in the mid-1930s, had wished to visit Emirates Stadium to mark his milestone birthday and was shown around our home by former gunner Perry Groves. Many congratulations, Richard, and we hope you enjoyed your day. Watch the Swansea game at the Emirates. Not going to our away game at Swansea City next week. Good news, members can watch a screening of our match against the Swans in the Royal Oak, the Emirates Lounge or the 49ers Corner Bars on club level. Tickets are priced at £8 for adult members and £6.50 for junior gunners. Upon arrival, you will receive a voucher which can be redeemed for either a pint of selected beer, a 175ml glass of wine or a 250ml soft drink. Please note that seating is unreserved for this event, with doors opening at 6pm and kick-off at 7.45pm. Carabao Cup first leg stats. Touches, 94 Granite Shaka, 74 Rob Holding, 67 Shkrodan Mustafi, 64 Ainsley Maitland-Niles, 63 Alex Iwobi. Clearances, 10 Shkrodan Mustafi, 9 Callum Chambers, 6 Danny Welbeck, 4. Rob Holding 3. Ainsley Maitland-Niles Recoveries 8. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Jack Wilshire, Rob Holding 6. Granite Shaka, Callum Chambers 5. Alex Iwobi, Mohamed Elneny 3. Danny Welbeck, Hector Bellerin Passes attempted 72. Granite Shaka 63. Rob Holding, Callum Chambers, Shkodran Mustafi 44. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, 42, Alex Iwobi. Pass accuracy percentage, 92.5, Jack Wilshire, 90.6, Hector Bellerin, 89.3, Mohamed Elneny, 85.7, Alex Iwobi, 84.4, Shkodran Mustafi. 
Baggett. Win with Arsenal and Puma. In every domestic programme this season, the club's kit partner, Puma, are giving away travel bags. Just answer this question to be in with a chance of winning. Question time. Who scored our injury time equaliser when we drew 2-2 with Chelsea earlier in January? Email your answer, including your full name and address, to program at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at Arsenal Magazine. All entries to us by Friday, January 26th, please. One entry per person. Above and Beyond Congratulations to Christina Vorobets, who went above and beyond with her programme selling skills against Crystal Palace on Sunday. Christina deservedly won a pair of Puma trainers, and we'd like to thank her for her sterling efforts on the evening. If you think one of our programme sellers has gone above and beyond, please let us know by emailing programme at arsenal.co.uk. Dr Tim Sonics It was with deep regret that Arsenal Football Club learned of the death over the weekend of Dr Tim Sonics after a short illness. Tim has been part of our medical team since the early 1980s. He worked with our youth and reserve teams initially before joining Arsenal's first team set-up. Greatly respected and with many friends in the game, he also provided medical support to the Football Association and England for many years. He was part of the Three Lions backroom team for the 2002 World Cup in South Korea and Japan. Across four decades with Arsenal, Tim was a reassuring and highly professional presence at both Highbury and later Emirates. He will be sorely missed by all who knew him and the club extends sincere sympathies to family and friends at this very difficult time. Anti-Semitic and discriminatory chanting of all kinds is offensive to home and away supporters alike and will not be tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive chanting at the match, you can report it to a match day steward or use our See Something, Say Something service by texting FOUL to 67777 together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our supporters and wider community. Thank you for your support and enjoy the game. Exclusive player interview David Ospina Born Medellin, Colombia, August 31st, 1988 Joined Arsenal from Nice, July 27th, 2014 Previous clubs Atletico Nacional and Nice Arsenal debut v Southampton at home in the League Cup September 23, 2014 Stats In David's 8 games this season he has kept 4 clean sheets In his Arsenal career he has played 57 times and kept 22 clean sheets A regular in goal for Colombia David has 84 caps for his country. He is the first and only Colombian to play for Arsenal. Tonight's opponents, Chelsea, have had two, Juan Cuadrado and Radamel Falcao. Cup matches against Chelsea would always be special to David Ospina. Our Colombia goalkeeper started in last season's FA Cup final, making a crucial late save from Diego Costa to help us win the competition for a record 13th time. For David, 
that success was particularly special. It was the first time he'd started in a domestic final since moving to Europe a decade ago. Our keeper impressed in the first leg of this tie too, making a string of good saves to ensure that we go into tonight's match with the semi-final very much in the balance. Before the weekend's convincing victory over Crystal Palace, that dogged resolute display at Stamford Bridge a fortnight ago was probably our best of what's been a tough start to 2018. But with confidence levels rising after the weekend's win, our goalkeeper is targeting another trip to Wembley. David, what did you make of Saturday's win over Crystal Palace? Of course, it was a great win for us, because we've had difficult moments this year. On Saturday, the team had a great performance in the first half. It was more difficult after half-time, but it was very important for us to take the next step. It seemed as though the confidence was really flowing back as those goals were going in early on. It's nice when you find the first goal early, and then more follow quickly. It makes it a comfortable environment. The concentration levels of the whole team were very good at that point. We seem to have these spells in games when we're unstoppable. What's it down to? In the Premier League, it's really difficult because you play against good teams and difficult periods are normal. But we always want to play good football and we have the players to do that. We've seen these occasions where our attack have shown how dangerous they can be. Loren was back. Nacho was too. As a goalkeeper, how important is it to have those players back available. Yes, it's really important for us to have all of the team ready. Nacho and Lolo have this experience which is vital in the Premier League. You can see that they enjoy the game. They were really important at both ends of the pitch on Saturday and played a big part in getting that good result. In terms of tonight's tie, you must have been pleased with your first leg performance. Do you think we have the upper hand going into this evening's game? It's a big game for us, and we see it as a good opportunity to go to Wembley. But we're playing against a strong team, as they showed in the first leg. It's our fifth game against Chelsea this season, and that's good for the players because we know them well and have done well against them so far this season. Knowing that another trip to Wembley is waiting for us if we win, is of course a big motivation. Of course, you have good memories of Wembley, especially after winning the FA Cup there last year. Yes, of course. Going to Wembley is special. The atmosphere and the occasion is special. But we're not thinking of going back yet. We need to play well in this return leg first, win it and then get our hands on another trophy. In terms of yourself, you've made eight appearances across three competitions this season. When you're not playing every week, how do you make sure you stay on the ball? How do you prepare? It's difficult, but the key to it is having a strong mentality. Of course, I'd like to play every week, but I respect the manager's decision. It's tough when you can only select one keeper for a game. But I want to enjoy the opportunities I get make the most of them and wait for my chance to play in the Premier League. You have to prepare as though you're going to play every game. It can be tough to play maybe a couple of games a month, 
especially when they are as big as this one. But you just need to focus and be ready. I have a good relationship with Petra, and that helps. What's the key to that relationship? He's a good man, a good goalkeeper, and I respect him a lot. But of course, I want to play. I know that he does too, so we just both prepare as well as we can in every training. At the moment, it's me waiting for my opportunity in the Premier League. But what's most important is that the team get the right result. Let's look ahead to the summer. Your World Cup group features Poland, Senegal and Japan. How much are you looking forward to it? I'm excited. We have a good team, with lots of players at big clubs in Europe. Hopefully things will go as well as they did in Brazil 2014. You must have some really good memories of that tournament. Yeah, Colombia is a very passionate country when it comes to football. This is our second World Cup in a row, so we're a bit more experienced. And I think the key is to go step by step. We know that the games will all be different. The atmosphere will be different too. The last World Cup felt like a home one for us because it was in South America. This one is in Europe, which is a challenge. But we know the whole country is with us and we want to give something special back to everyone back home. Is it fair to say that the last World Cup brought the people of Colombia together? We have a difficult history. But now things are getting better and it's a good opportunity to bring the people together again. Finally, David, you've spoken of your admiration for Farid Mondragon. How special was it to be substituted for him in your final group game in 2014 so he could become the oldest player to feature at a World Cup? It was special because of the history attached to it. Farid Mondragon is a legend in Colombia. So for him to become the oldest player to have played at the World Cup was nice. I see the Egypt goalkeeper, El Hadri, could break it this year. But it was a good moment and I was proud to be part of it. Arsenal Youth The youth sides go from strength to strength with excellent wins over Manchester United and Liverpool. By Matt Aldridge Monday, January 15th, 2018, Meadow Park, Premier League 2 Arsenal Under-23s, 4 Manchester United Under-23s, 0 The scorers for Arsenal were Ren Adelaide in the 19th minute, Dragomir in the 60th and Nketiah in the 84th and 87th minutes. The Highlights we picked up three points with a convincing victory at Meadow Park against the Red Devils. Konstantinos Mavropanos made his first appearance in Arsenal colours. Jeffrey Adelaide opened the scoring early on with a deflected finish. And Eddie Nketiah bagged a late brace. The detail. Our under-23s strolled to a comfortable 4-0 win at Meadow Park against Manchester United thanks to goals from Jeffrey Adelaide, Vlad Dragomir and Eddie Nketiah. On a run of four games without defeat in all competitions, Steve Gatting's side went into this Premier League 2 clash, hoping to get back to winning ways with a full-strength squad available once more. In goal, Matt Macy lined up behind a back three of Ben Sheaf, Julio Plagazuelo and new signing, 
Konstantinos Mavropanos, who was making his first appearance in an Arsenal shirt. Jordi Osetuto and Dragomir filled in as wing-backs, and Joe Willock partnered Josh Da Silva in central midfield behind a three-pronged attack of Ren Adelaide and Rhys Nelson and Nkitia. Keen to start the game well, we pressed forwards early on, allowing United little time on the ball and almost made our pressure tell when Willock flashed an effort just wide of the post ten minutes in. Soon after, Hren Adelaide did well to skip through United's back line and set up an Kitia who couldn't quite apply the finishing touch. A few minutes later, however, Hren Adelaide did open the scoring, sliding the ball in from close range after ghosting in from the left-hand side. Not happy with just the one goal, Hren Adelaide raced in yet again, but this time saw his delicate dink blocked by Theo Richardson in goal, to deny him from doubling up. With only 20 minutes on the clock, Hren Adelaide could have been celebrating his hat-trick when he rose to meet Osetutu's cross, but could only head narrowly wide of the mark. Shortly after the half-hour mark, Nkitia came close to netting when he fired a curling effort just wide of the post after having been teed up by Nelson. With the half-time break approaching, the visitors created their first opportunity of the match through Josh Bowie, who cut inside and sent the ball straight into the arms of Macy. Following the break, United kicked off with more intention than they had in the first half and created an opportunity for Indy Boonen, who swept the ball at goal, but could only see his effort fly wide of the mark. Despite this, we scored soon after, when Dragomir was sent through by Nelson and placed the ball into the bottom corner to add to our lead. Keen to get back into the game, the visitors upped the tempo and very nearly reduced the deficit through Adi Barlow, who saw a header bound for the top corner spectacularly tipped over the crossbar by Macy. Late on, Nkitia turned with speed and strength on the break to cap a fine run with a composed finish, stretching our lead to three. Moments later, Nkitia doubled up to add our fourth, linking up well with Nelson to poke the ball in past Richardson. Playing for Arsenal were Macy, Sheaf, Plagazuelo, Mavropanos, Osetutu, Dragomir, Willock, Da Silva, Hren, Adelaide, substituted by Smith-Rowe in the 66th minute, Nelson and Nkitia. Subs not used were Virginia, Bola, Gilmore and Fortune. Saturday, January the 20th, 2018, Anfield, FA Youth Cup 4th Round. Liverpool Under-18s, 2. Arsenal Under-18s, 3. The scorers for Liverpool were Jones in the 41st minute, Thompson in the 49th minute with an own goal. For Arsenal, Burton in the 15th minute, Saka in the 85th minute and John Jules in the 98th minute after extra time. The Highlights we advanced to the last 16 of the FA Youth Cup with a stunning win at Anfield against Stephen Gerrard's Liverpool. Tyrese John Jules scored the winner in extra time in front of the cop. The detail. Our under-18s battle from behind to edge out Stephen Gerrard's Liverpool 3-2 at Anfield in the FA Youth Cup thanks to goals from Robbie Burton, Bakayo Saka and Tyrese John Jules. Heading into Saturday afternoon's tie, Gerard's side were undefeated in all competitions, while we were unbeaten in eight. Head coach Kwame Ampadu 
named a strong starting eleven with the inform. Javier Michi and Trey Coyle both included. Joao Virginia lined up in goal behind a back four of Vonte Daly Campbell, Zach Madley, Danny Ballard and Dominic Thompson. In midfield, Harry Smith partnered Burton, while Emile Smith-Rowe and Amici filled in on the flanks. Smith-Rowe nearly carved out the opener early on. The England under-17s World Cup winner raced down the left and squared to John Jules, who wasn't able to finish. We began to turn the screw and open the scoring through Burton, whose powerful strike from outside the box took a wicked deflection and flew past Vitislav Vajaros in goal. The Reds raced up the other end and would have found an instant equaliser if it weren't for the quick reflexes of Virginia, who denied Edvard Tagseth. Just before the break, Liverpool found the equaliser. Curtis Jones netted after a swift counter-attack down the right flank. Following the break, the Reds made us pay for some sloppy defending, having not switched on in the opening minutes, as Jones' cross was inadvertently deflected past Virginia by Thompson to give Gerrard's side the lead. With just five minutes of the 90 remaining, the game looked to be Liverpool's, and it would have been if not for the impact of substitute Saka, who provided the much-needed urgency we were crying out for. The forward blazed down the left, held off his man, and fired the ball into the roof of the net, sending us to extra time in fantastic style. Now in the ascendancy, with Liverpool clearly lagging, Saka burst down the right this time and calmly placed the ball on a plate for John Jules, who bundled home in front of the cop and tore off in celebration with his finger to his lips. Despite their best efforts late on, the hosts weren't able to find a leveller, as we left Anfield with a win that none of these youngsters will ever forget. Playing for Arsenal were Virginia, Daly Campbell, Thompson, Smith, Ballard, Medley, Amici, substituted by Benson in the 105th minute, Burton, substituted by Amoli in the 106th minute, John Jules, Coyle, substituted by Saka in the 69th minute, and Smith Rowe, subs not used were Okonkwo and Balogun. Tyrese John Jules said, To be honest, I can't really explain it. It's an amazing feeling at the cop end as well. So much history has been made there. I'm just proud to get the win, to be honest. It's amazing there's been so much history here. Great players. And you can see their manager Stephen Gerrard played here. And I'm just proud to have played in such a huge stadium and get the win. The team's chemistry is amazing and the fight, the physical mentality of everyone. We kept going until the end and couldn't ask much more, to be honest. Young Guns, next generation in their own words. Jao Virginia, born Pharaoh, Algarve, Portugal. Height, 191 centimetres. Weight, 88 kilograms. School, Reiner D. Amelia, Lisbon. Joined, 2016. Position, goalkeeper. Boots, Adidas. As a goalkeeper, the two things you want are to be playing regularly and keeping clean sheets. So things are going pretty well for me this season. I've played in every under-18 game, and I also made my debut for the under-23s. 
We've been winning most of our games. The team spirit is good. We've kept a few clean sheets and everyone's focused and encouraged by performances. I feel I've improved a lot this year and that's down to the experience and expertise that I've gained through learning from Peter Cech and David Ospina, who I've trained with a lot. They are different in style, but the thing about being a goalkeeper is that there is more than one way to achieve what you want. You have to find what is right for you as an individual. For example, in one-on-one situations, Peter Schmeichel was particularly well known. He would come out to the he would come out to the attacker and make himself big. Other keepers find success by standing their ground and waiting for the attacker to make a move. There is no right or wrong way. I take from what I see and mix it up and use what works for me. Traditionally, goalkeepers have started later and their careers last longer, but I think that's changing. There are a lot of young keepers coming through into the first team much earlier. At Benfica, my old club, Mild Svilar is 18 years of age and first choice. There are many other examples. A big factor is the improvement in the quality of training and the use of technology. We use video a lot to analyse and we use it in a way to add to experience in order to improve decision making and speed of thought. You find that what you see and learn gets absorbed and that accelerates development. You have to apply what you learn in games of course and there is no substitute for that and that's why young keepers spend time on loan with clubs to play regularly. So they can develop that experience and improve decision making. The other main thing is concentration. I don't necessarily have techniques for developing that, but I really immerse myself in every game, even if I have not got a lot to do. I'm very vocal and try to keep my defenders informed and be another set of eyes for them to help with positioning. You do come off the pitch sweating through concentration, even if you have not had a lot of saves to make. In a game for Portugal that I played in recently, they weighed all the players before and after the match. I lost one kilo, which was more than any of the outfield players. My younger brother Pedro is also a goalkeeper with Arsenal. He plays with the under-14s, and I go to Hale End quite a lot to watch him train and see how he's getting on. He was at Benfica too, and came to England two years ago, one year after me. We help each other improve and work on different aspects together, whether talking about things or playing in the back garden or the park. It's good for both of us to be here together with our parents, and we all live together in Enfield. I feel very well settled and free to concentrate on becoming the best that I can be. The Lowdown Who has been the biggest influence on your career? Answer. Family. What's the best aspect of your game? Shot-stopping. What do you still need to work on? Long passing. Which team did you support as a boy? Benfica. If you could score any goal, which would it be? Ada's goal in the European Cup final. What's been the greatest moment in your career so far? Winning the under-17 Euros. Which current player would you most like to play against? Former teammates at Benfica. If you had to sing one song to save your life, which would it be? Zutos and Pontapes. What's your most valued possession? A football. Which was your best subject at school? Maths. What other sports are you good at? Bowling. You choose. Nando's or KFC? Nando's. Messi or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Champions League or World Cup? 
World Cup. Stormzy or Jay Hus? Stormzy. Instagram or Snapchat? Instagram. HomeKit or AwayKit? HomeKit. Netflix or Amazon Prime? Netflix. Sliders or flip-flops? Sliders. Long-range goal or dribble through the team? Long-range goal. Beach holiday or city break? Beach holiday. 40 metres or 400 metres? 40 metres. Early mornings or late nights? Late nights. Anatomy of Arsenal Academy. Heading, Zek Medley. Skills, Ben Sheaf. Vision, Joe Willock. Left foot, Vlad Dragomir. Strength, Chori Johnson. Touch, Eddie Nikitia. Right foot, Reese Nelson. Jao was speaking to Lambros Lambrou. Halfway there. This is Arsenal's 15th appearance in the semi-final of the League Cup, as we look to reach the final for the eighth time. Here, John Sperling looks back on some classic victories at this stage of the competition. You can't say that winning a semi-final gives you one hand on the trophy, because there's always the possibility you may lose, but it does put two feet in the final and give you a shot at silverware. Here, we recall some of the Gunners' finest League Cup semi-final victories down the decades. 1986 87. 8 2 87. Tottenham 1, Arsenal 0. 1 3 87. Arsenal 2, Tottenham 1. 4 3 87. Arsenal 2, Tottenham 1. Replay. The Gunners snatched victory from the jaws of defeat in one of the most pivotal matches in the club's history. Trailing 1 0 after the home leg courtesy of a Clive Allen goal. George Graham's men appeared to be down and out when Allen put Spurs ahead in the return leg at White Hart Lane. But second-half efforts from Viv Anderson and Niall Quinn forced a replay that had appeared unthinkable 45 minutes earlier. It started badly as Allen once more put his side ahead, but substitute Ian Allinson induced panic in Tottenham's ranks by equalising. With just minutes left on the clock, Amele, following another Allenson shot, allowed David Rowcastle to squeeze a shot onto Ray Clements' despairing dive. In his first season at the club, Graham's vibrant new Arsenal had reached Wembley, where they would face the previous season's double winners Liverpool. What happened next? Charlie Nicholas scored twice to give Arsenal a 2-1 win. A new era was underway at Highbury. 2006-07 24-1-07, Tottenham 2, Arsenal 2. 31-1-07, Arsenal 3, Tottenham 1, after extra time. Arsene Wenger's side had a mountain to climb after going two goals down within 45 minutes at White Hart Lane. But on loan forward, Julio Baptista took advantage of some excellent work by Denilson and Justin Hoyter, respectively, to claw Arsenal back into the tie with two goals of his own, and set up a mouth-watering return at the Emirates. Tomasz Rosicki was a pivotal figure, squaring the ball for Emmanuel Adebayor to calmly sidefoot the Gunners into a 1-0 lead. Mido's equaliser nudged the tie into extra time, but Wenger's side had the stamina to get the job done. Jeremy Aladier rifled home to put Arsenal back in front, before Rosicki bamboozled the Spurs' defence to hammer in a shot that deflected in off Pascal Shimbonda. Wenger had reached his first League Cup final. What happened next? Theo Walcott scored his first goal for the club to put the Gunners ahead, but Chelsea won 2-1. 
1987-88. Everton 0, Arsenal 1. 24-288, Arsenal 3, Everton 1. This one was never really in any doubt. George Graham's gunners controlled the tie from the moment winger Perry Groves latched onto a neat flick-on from Alan Smith, pirouetted and hammered the ball past Neville Southall to give Arsenal a 1-0 first-half lead at Goodison Park. At Highbury in the return, a crowd of 55,000 watched Arsenal dominate the reigning league champions in the first half, with David Rowcastle somehow missing an open goal and Martin Hayes blasting his penalty over just before half-time. Arsenal upped their tempo after the break and in a trademark counter-attack, Grove slipped the ball through to Michael Thomas, who neatly chipped Southall. Although Adrian Heath replied for the visitors, Rowcastle drove forward to grab Arsenal's second on the night and Smith knocked the ball home to confirm Arsenal's 4-1 aggregate victory. What happened next? The final was a classic, with four goals in the last 20 minutes, but the Gunners blew a 2-1 lead to lose 3-2 to Luton Town. 1967-68 Arsenal 3, Huddersfield Town 2 6-2-68, Huddersfield Town 1, Arsenal 3 It would be fair to say Arsenal had initially given the League Cup a lukewarm reception, but this cracking doubleheader against Huddersfield Town showed that Bertie Mee's side was now taking it seriously. The Gunners were dominant in the home leg, but needed a late dramatic winner from Bob McNabb to take a slender 3-2 lead to Leeds Road. Three weeks later, John Samuels, David Jenkins and Frank McLintock netted the goals in front of almost 30,000 passionate Yorkshire fans that saw Arsenal reach their first League Cup final and a first Wembley final in 16 years. What happened next? Leeds United won the final 1-0. The 15-year trophy drought would go on. 1992-93 7-2-93 Crystal Palace 1, Arsenal 3 10-3-93 Arsenal 2, Crystal Palace 0 Despite their supporters giving former striker Ian Wright a hostile reception at Selhurst Park, the Gunners quickly destroyed Palace's hopes of reaching the Coca-Cola Cup final. With just five minutes gone, future gunner Eddie McGoldrick chopped down right in the area and Arsenal's top scorer coolly dispatched his spot kick past Nigel Martin. Then Alan Smith, who had struggled for goals since Wright's arrival, added a brace either side of half-time to leave Steve Coppel's men with a huge uphill battle in the second leg. Andy Linegan ended Palace's chances of making a comeback with a towering header from Paul Merson's corner after just four minutes, and Wright then netted his by-now customary goal against his former side. George Graham's side could have added further goals, but settled for a 5-1 aggregate victory. What happened next? The Gunners beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-1 and overcame the same opponents in the FA Cup final to become the first team to win the domestic cup double. 1968-69 Arsenal 1, Tottenham 0 4-12-68 Tottenham 1, Arsenal 1 in 66 previous North London derbies, there had never been a goalless draw, yet for 89 minutes at Highbury there was nothing between the great rivals. Fortunately, Joe Kinnear's error in the dying seconds allowed John Radford to sneak in and send most of the 55,237 crowd wild. A blood and thunder return at White Hart Lane seesawed between the teams, but was memorable for two moments of genuine quality. 
After 68 minutes, Jimmy Greaves smashed home a chipped cross, but Arsenal kept their cool and were rewarded when John Radford headed home superbly in the 87th minute to ensure they reached Wembley for the second year in a row. Surely they would have no problems in seeing off third division Swindon Town in the final. What happened next? Swindon triumphed 3 1. In the mix. Everything you need to know, and plenty you don't, about an Arsenal-based topic. Arsenal to Chelsea, and vice versa. 1. Currently, Arsenal have an ex-Chelsea player in Petra Cech, and Chelsea have in their ranks an ex-Arsenal player, Cesc Fabregas. 2. Yossi Benayoun was loaned from Chelsea to Arsenal for the 2011-12 season and played more times in one season for the Gunners than in three at Chelsea. 3. Ted Drake, a league-winning goal machine for Arsenal in the 1930s, still holds the Gunners' record for the most league goals scored in a season during 1934-35. 8. George Graham moved the same way in 1966 and as part of the deal, Tommy Baldwin, who had only a few weeks earlier scored Arsenal's first ever League Cup goal, went to Chelsea. 9. Graham became a linchpin in Bertie Mee's European Fairs Cup and double winning team of the early 70s. 10. After Graham ended playing, he too became a manager and found his way to Highbury for a spectacularly successful period in charge during the 80s and 90s. 11. Like Drake before him, Graham won the league title as player and manager, but he is the only man who has achieved it for Arsenal in both capacities. 12. One of Graham's Chelsea playing colleagues, John Hollins, moved to Highbury in 1979, then back again to Stamford Bridge in the mid-80s, where he ended up as manager for a few seasons. 17. The fullback picked up where he left off at Arsenal and continued to win medals until calling it a day with the Blues in 2014, moving to Roma. 18. Going much further back in history, Leslie Knighton neatly split his time as manager with each club for six seasons in the interwar period. 19. Joining Arsenal just after the First World War, he left to make way for Herbert Chapman and later took over at Chelsea, ending his reign just before the onset of the Second World War. 4. He left Arsenal after a playing injury during World War II, eventually becoming manager at Stamford Bridge in 1952. 5. During his time as the Blues manager, he won the league title for Chelsea for the first time in their history, in 1955 becoming the first man to win the league both as player and manager. 6. Drake was eventually replaced as Chelsea manager in 1961 by Tommy Doherty, who, 
as a player had been Arsenal's record signing in 1958. Seven, earlier in 1953, Arsenal broke their transfer record when centre-half Billa Dixon came to Highbury from Stamford Bridge for £15,000. 13. In more recent times, French World Cup winner Emmanuel Petit spent some seasons with both sides. 14. However, he could not replicate the double he won at Highbury in 1997-98 or the World Cup win in his stay with Chelsea. 15. Indeed, when Arsenal completed another double in 2001-2002, Petty was on the losing side of the FA Cup final at the Millennium Stadium during that triumph. 16. The most controversial recent move between the teams concerned Ashley Cole, who decided to swap red for blue in 2006. Community using the power of the Arsenal name to positively impact the lives of young people since 1985. Twitter in the community. As well as coaching in schools, hashtag Arsenal Gap coaches have been putting on coaching sessions before at Arsenal WFC home games and gaining insight into a top-level setup. Where are they now? Ben Corbin. When were you involved with Arsenal in the community? From 2005 to 2007. What was your role? I was on the Youth Training Scheme, YTS, trainee programme in the 2005-06 to and 2006-07 to seasons, which was the last season at Highbury and the first at the Emirates. What are you doing now? I run Tufnell Park Football School, which started from scratch less than two years ago and now has five teams with well over 100 kids and has established itself in the local community. I also work at Watford Football Club's academy with the under-16s and undertake a variety of work with the Chilean Football Association. How did your time with the community department help you in your current role? I was so fortunate to work in all sorts of sessions of different ages and abilities. Among many roles, it included coaching abroad to children in extreme poverty and running disability sessions. Through those opportunities, I learnt the power of football and saw how much it can inspire and uplift people, whoever you are. The atmosphere in and around the community department whenever I needed to go in meant I always looked forward to it. In coach education, we always learnt something new in a fun way. It was unreal to be volunteering at the home games during our Champions League run to the final and I got to walk the players through the mixed zone. The club unbelievably took us to Paris for the final and I was in dreamland. Arsenal and the community continued their inspiring work throughout the Christmas period and there were two programmes of note that the Arsenal Hub were proud to open their doors to on Christmas Day. Young Care Leavers On Christmas Day, the Arsenal Hub hosted a special event for 31 men, women and children who have left local authority care. The attendees have been identified by Go Forward Youth and Islington Borough Council to take part in the event 
where they came together to play football and games before having a delicious Christmas meal cooked by 2011 MasterChef runner-up Sarah Dunnison. Arsenal players recorded a special festive message, and this was aired to our guests before they opened their presents. A number of Arsenal staff and volunteers lent their support on the day, and Arsenal in the community's Jack Ferguson said, We were proud to host the event, which was thoroughly enjoyed by beneficiaries and volunteers alike. Kadima Woodburn of Go Forward Youth said, This was Go Forward Youth's launch event. We were enormously grateful for the generosity of Arsenal Football Club in hosting this event for Islington Care Leavers. Go Forward Youth provides vital services for care leavers, including respite at time of crisis. One of the participants who attended said of the day, It was really fun. We got to play football and have really good food. Crisis at Christmas This is the third year that Arsenal in the community has hosted the Crisis at Christmas Intercentre Football Tournament. Teams from eight of our temporary homeless centres competed in this inspiring event, which is a Christmas highlight for many of our guests. On Christmas Day, hundreds of crisis homeless guests benefited from Arsenal's support overall. Luke Howard of Arsenal in the Community said, We are very proud to be able to assist crisis with their Christmas programme. It is fantastic to spend time with some amazing people who are experiencing periods of difficulty in their lives and we look forward to continuing to build on our relationship with the charity. Match Action Chelsea vs Arsenal Wednesday, January the 10th, 2018, 20 hundred hours Caribou Cup semi-final, first leg, game number 34. Result, nil-nil. Venue, Stamford Bridge. Referee, Martin Atkinson. Attendance, 40,097. Away fans, 3,500. Chelsea team, number 13, Courtois. 2, Rudiger. 3, Alonso. 27, Christensen. 28. Azpilacueta 4. Fabregas 6. Drinkwater Substitute 68 Minute 7. Canty 10. Hazard Substitute 84 Minute 15. Moses 9. Morata Substitute 87 Minute Substitutes 37. Eduardo 21. Zapacosta 30. Luis 14. Bakayoko, substitute 84 minutes. 22. Willian, substitute 68 minutes. 11. Pedro. 33. Batashuai, substitute 87 minutes. Arsenal team, number 13. Ospina. 16. Holding. 20. Mustafi. 21. Chambers. 24. Bellerin 10. Wilshire Substitute 57 minutes 17. Iobi 29. Zaka Yellow card 30. Maitland-Niles 9. Lacazette 
Substitute, 66 minutes. 23, Welbeck. Substitutes, 54, Macy. 4, Matasaka. 27, Mavropanos. 35, Elneny. Substitute, 57 minutes. 7, Alexis. Substitute, 66 minutes. 14, Walcott. 61, Nelson. Match facts. This is Arsenal's 15th League Cup semi-final. Only Liverpool have appeared in more, 17. Konstantinos Mavropanos was involved with the first team squad for the first time. This match was the second of three consecutive nil-nil draws for Chelsea. Match stats. Total shots. Chelsea, 15. Arsenal, 5. Shots on target. Chelsea, 6. Arsenal, 3. Corners. Chelsea, 10. Arsenal, 4. Offsides. Chelsea, 3. Arsenal, 0. Fouls. Chelsea, 7. Arsenal, 15. Possession in percentages. Chelsea, 54%. Arsenal, 46%. Man of the match, Shokran Mustafi. First half. The tie sprung to life midway through the half when Alexandre Lacazette blazed over when put through on goal by Jack Wilshire. Before Victor Moses had two shots on goal in quick succession, both saved by David Ospina in the Gunners' goal. Alex Iwobi then shot straight at Theo Courtois before the VAR was called into action to adjudicate that Ainsley Maitland-Niles had not been fouled in the box by Nogolo Kante. On the stroke of half-time, Cesar Azpilicueta's ball into the Arsenal box found Cesc Fabregas, whose weak header was held by Ospina. Second half. Again, the half took some time to get going, but Alvaro Morata had a shot parried by Ospina, who, on 67 minutes, could only watch as Andreas Christiansen headed a good chance wide of his goal following a corner. The Gunners were defending stoically and largely restricted Chelsea to pot shots and the occasional corner, while still looking something of a threat when in possession. Granit Zaka fired straight at Courtois from distance with 86 minutes on the clock. The draw means it's all to play for in the decisive leg at Emirates Stadium. The visitors. Chelsea return to Emirates Stadium tonight for the second time in three weeks. It's been a hectic January for the West Londoners, with tonight's match the seventh of nine fixtures on their schedule for this month. It began, of course, with a classic Premier League encounter against Arsenal here, a 2-2 draw that few who were present will forget in a hurry, and continued a fortnight ago with a goalless draw against the Gunners in the first leg of this tie at Stamford Bridge. Seeking to win the League Cup for the sixth time and the second time in four seasons, the Blues have yet to play away in this season's competition. Drawn at home in every round, they began their campaign in September by hammering Arsenal's FA Cup conquerors Nottingham Forest 5-1, with Michi Batshuayi scoring a hat-trick. The following month, they edged past Everton 2-1 to reach the quarter-finals, where, in the week before Christmas, they won by the same scoreline against Bournemouth, Alvaro Morata's stoppage-time winner seeing them through. Chelsea would have hoped to establish a first-leg lead, but they will also probably feel their first clean sheet of the competition gives them a good chance of progressing to the final at Wembley on February 25th, 
especially as the away goals rule comes into force after extra time. That said, goals have proved somewhat difficult to come by for Antonio Conte's men of late. When they were held 0-0 at home by Leicester in the Premier League the weekend before last, it was the first time in the club's history that they had posted three successive goalless draws, following their third-round FA Cup match at Norwich and the semi-final first leg. The drought ended when Batshuayi opened the scoring in last week's FA Cup replay against Norwich, but the Canaries' late equaliser denied Chelsea a first win of 2018. Only for five perfect penalties in the ensuing shootout to take last season's runners-up into the fourth round and a tie at home to Newcastle United on Sunday. Jose Mourinho was the Chelsea boss when they won the League Cup three years ago, beating Tottenham 2-0 in the final after scraping past Liverpool an extra time at this stage of the competition, 2-1 on aggregate. It was the Portuguese manager's third League Cup win with the Blues, having also lifted the trophy in 2005 and 2007, on the latter occasion against Arsenal thanks to a Didier Drogba double in a 2-1 victory. The Gunners, of course, denied Chelsea a domestic double last May with a 2-1 win of their own in the 2017 FA Cup final, before also defeating their London rivals on penalties in the Community Shield after a 1-1 draw. With three further draws against Arsenal since then, Chelsea will be looking to turn the balance in their favour this evening. It promises to be an occasion every bit as dramatic as that Premier League epic three weeks ago. A brief history. Formed 1905. Stadium, Stamford Bridge. Capacity, 41,631. Manager, Antonio Conti. Record win, 13-0 versus Junesh Hoshiraj. 1971-72 European Cup Winners' Cup. Record appearance maker, 795, Ron Harris. Record goalscorer, 211, Frank Lampard. The squad. 1. Willy Caballero, goalkeeper, born Santa Elena, Argentina, 28-9-81. Previously, Boca Juniors, Ita, Arsenal Sarandi, Lone, Malaga, Man City. Games, goals, 6-0. Info. Willy replaced Asmir Begovic when he arrived last summer from Manchester City. The Argentinian reunited with ex-Malaga boss Manuel Pellegrini when he joined City from the Spanish club in 2014. 28. Cesar Azpilicueta. Defender. Born Pamplona, Spain, 28-8-89. Previously, Osasuna, Marseille. Games, goals, 259-7. Info. Caesar was signed from Marseille in 2012 and has proved to be one of the West London club's most astute signings of recent years, seldom missing a game and offering decisive contributions both in defence and attack. He now has 20 caps for Spain. 2. Antonio Rudiger, defender. Born Berlin, Germany, 3-3-93. Previously, Stuttgart, Roma. Games, goals, 27-3. Info, recruited from Roma last July. Shortly after helping Germany win the Confederations Cup, Antonio made his debut as a sub against Arsenal in the Community Shield and scored his first Premier League goal against Swansea, 1-0, in November. 27. Andreas Christensen, defender. Born, Lillerod, Denmark, 10-4-96. Previously, Borussia Mönchengladbach, loan. Games, goals, 28-0. Info, 
Snapped up by Chelsea from Brondby's youth team six years ago, Andreas has had to wait until this season to establish himself as a regular first-teamer. Before that, he had two excellent years on loan at Mönchengladbach. 21. David Zappacosta, defender. Born, Sora, Italy, 7-6-92. Previously, Isola Liri, Avellino, Atalanta, Torino. Games, goals, 22-2. Info, David signed last August from Torino where he spent two seasons, the second of which saw him make his debut for the Azzurri. He scored on his Champions League debut for the Blues in September. 44. Ethan Ampadu, defender. Born, 14-9-2000. Previously, Exeter. Games, goals, 4-0. Info. Bought by Chelsea last summer after a handful of games for hometown club Exeter, the 17-year-old Wales international is already in the first-team picture and was impressive in the recent 2-1 Carabao Cup win over Bournemouth. Son of current Arsenal under-18 coach Kwame Ampadu. 15. Victor Moses, midfielder, born Lagos, Nigeria, 12-12-90. Previously, Crystal Palace, Wigan, Liverpool, Lone, Stoke, Lone, West Ham, Lone. Games, goals, 105-16. Info, signed from Wigan in 2012, Nigerian international Victor spent three seasons farmed out to other Premier League clubs before bedding himself down as a fixture on the right-hand side of midfield last term. 7. N'Golo Kante, midfielder, born Paris, France, 29-3-91. Previously, Boulogne, Caen, Leicester. Games, goals, 68-3. Info. A winner of the Premier League in each of the past two seasons, the all-action 26-year-old Frenchman scooped all three of England's main Player of the Year awards last season. A revelation at Leicester, he has confirmed his special qualities at Chelsea. 4. Cesc Fabregas, midfielder, born Arenas de Mar, Spain, 4-5-87. Previously, Arsenal, Barcelona. Games, goals, 164-20. Info. The former Arsenal Academy graduate and captain gave Gunners fans many fond memories during his seven seasons here before leaving for Barcelona in 2011. Capped 110 times by Spain, he has won the Premier League twice with Chelsea. 6. Danny Drinkwater, midfielder. Born Manchester, 5-3-90. Previously, Man United, Huddersfield, Lone, Cardiff, Lone, Watfield, Lone, Barnsley, Lone, Leicester. Games, goals, 16-1. Info, a key contributor to Leicester's 2015-16 title triumph, the ex-Manchester United trainee joined on transfer deadline day last summer but has been hampered by injury. 14. Timui Bakayoko, midfielder, born Paris, France, 17-8-94, previously Rennes, Monaco. Games, goals, 31-3. Info, signed for a reported £40 million fee from Monaco last summer, the powerful midfielder has claimed a regular place in Antonio Conti's side. He starred for Monaco last season as they won League One and reached the semi-finals of the Champions League. 22. Willian, midfielder. Born Ribeiro Pires, Brazil, 9-8-88. Previously, Corinthians, Shakhtar Donetsk, Angie Makachala, Games, Goals, 217-39.
Info. Signed in August 2013 for £30 million from Russian club Angie, the winger has become a key man for the West Londoners, winning the league twice and also maintaining a high standard in the club's troubled 2015-16 campaign. 10. Eden Hazard, midfielder, born La Louvière, Belgium, 7-1-91, previously Lille. Games, goals, 278-83. Info, one of the most artistic footballers in world football, Eden's ball control and dribbling skills are second to none. The Belgian international has been in dazzling form for Antonio Conte's side over the past 18 months and will be one to watch at this summer's World Cup. 11. Pedro, forward, born Santa Cruz de Tenerife, Spain, 28-7-87, previously Barcelona. Games, goals, 111-26. Info, Chelsea's most prominent new summer recruit following their 2014-15 title win, the Canary Islander moved to Stamford Bridge after collecting a string of major honours for both Barcelona and Spain. He is an effective link between midfield and attack. 9. Alvaro Morata Forward, born, Madrid, Spain, 23-10-92 Previously, Real Madrid, Juventus, Real Madrid Games, goals, 31-12 Info, Alvaro became the most expensive player in Chelsea's history when they forked out £60 million last July to lure him from Real Madrid as Diego Costa's replacement. He has delivered a steady stream of goals, many with his head. 23. Michi Batshuayi. Forward, born, Brussels, Belgium, 2-10-93. Previously, Standard Liege, Marseille. Games, goals, 50-16. Info. A prolific goal poacher, the Belgian international struck 23 times in 50 appearances for Marseille to earn a five-year contract with Chelsea in 2016. Though chiefly used from the bench, he scored the title-winning goal at West Brom last May. In focus. The captain, 24, Gary Cahill, defender. Born Sheffield, 1912-85. Previously, Aston Villa, Burnley, Lone, Sheffield United, Lone, Bolton. Games, goals, 267-25. Info. Gary will shortly be completing his sixth year at Stamford Bridge, having joined Chelsea in mid-January 2012 from Bolton, four months before becoming a UEFA Champions League winner with the club. He skippered the Blues for much of last season's Premier League title triumph, before being confirmed as the club's permanent captain following John Terry's departure to Aston Villa. Strong, resilient and an attacking threat at set pieces, the 32-year-old centre-back has won all three domestic competitions as well as both major European club trophies. He was England's only ever present at the last World Cup and also started all four games at Euro 2016. 3. Marcos Alonso, midfielder. Born Madrid, Spain, 28-12-90. Previously Real Madrid, Bolton, Fiorentina, Sunderland, Lone. Games, goals, 66-12. Info. A former Premier League participant with Bolton and Sunderland, Marcos left Fiorentina to sign a five-year contract with Chelsea in August 2016 and has proved to be a spectacularly successful buy, playing a major role in last season's Premier League title triumph with six goals in 31 appearances as he made the left-wing back position in Antonio Conti's side his own. 
The elegant left-footer's measured free kicks pose a major threat, and he provided a very tidy close-range finish to put Chelsea 2-1 up in the recent league encounter at this stadium. He remains uncapped by Spain at senior international level. 8. Ross Barkley, midfielder. Born, Liverpool, 5-12-93. Previously, Everton, Sheffield Wednesday, loan, Leeds, loan. Games, goals, 0-0. Info, one of English football's most mercurial talents, Ross recently signed for Chelsea from Everton for a cut-price fee after missing the first half of the season through injury. Strong, technically gifted and two-footed, he was hailed in 2013 by then-Everton manager Roberto Martinez as being a cross between Paul Gascoigne and Michael Ballack. Although the 24-year-old played for England at the 2014 World Cup and has already amassed 22 caps, he has been accused of failing to kick on since then. The Liverpoolian told his former club last summer that he needed a new challenge and he will be hoping to kick-start his career in London ahead of this summer's World Cup. The manager, Antonio Conte. Born July 31st, 1969. Games, 84. Previously, Arezzo, 2006-07. Bari, 2007-09. Atalanta, 2009-10. Siena, 2010-11. Juventus, 2011-14. Italy, 2014-16. Antonio was appointed Chelsea boss prior to leading Italy to the quarter-finals of Euro 2016, and it has proved to be a happy alliance, with the new boss lifting the Premier League trophy in his debut season. The 48-year-old had just two years in charge of the Azzurri, preceding that foray into international management with three highly successful seasons at Juventus, where he won a hat-trick of Serie A titles. Juve was also the club where he made his name as a player, winning the Scudetto five times in 13 years with the Bianconeri as a tigerish midfielder. The Breakdown Scouting Report Tactical variations have made Chelsea unpredictable this season. It's less than a year since Chelsea won the league with 95 points, the second most in the Premier League era, yet this already feels like a very different team. Antonio Conte's move away from a 3-4-3 in favour of a 3-5-2 system means a significant difference in playing style. The Blues made a slow start to 2018 with a run of five straight draws, including two against Arsenal, and there are question marks about whether there are enough sources of creativity in the side. Peculiarly, Chelsea's greatest source of creativity this season has been right-sided centre-back Cesar Azpilicueta, who has assisted Alvaro Morata no fewer than six times by pushing forward into more advanced positions and then curling crosses from narrow positions into his compatriot. Arsenal have been effective at nullifying his creative potential in recent meetings by ensuring there's always a player ready to shut him down, I must continue to do so here. His ball-playing ability has compensated for the absence of the similarly cultured David Lewis, now relegated to a backup behind the impressive Andreas Christensen. The Dane has played expertly as a spare man, and he's certainly comfortable in possession, but doesn't yet play the incisive balls the Brazilian offers. Canny opponents have tended to press in a way that directs Chelsea's passing out from the back to the left-sided centre-back, Gary Cahill or Antonio Rudiger. Cesc Fabregas is inevitably the main source of midfield creativity, but during his injury absences Chelsea have lacked quality balls into the final third. N'Golo Kante is an outstanding defensive midfielder, but prefers simple sideways balls, while Danny Drinkwater, signed from Leicester last summer, 
doesn't appear quite as dangerous without Jamie Vardy getting on the end of his diagonal balls. Tiamui Bakayoko has provided more mobility than the man he replaced, Nemanja Matic, but his end product has been disappointing. Left-sided Marcos Alonso provides a goal threat in the air and from free kicks rather than offering consistent delivery in open play, although on the right, both Victor Moses and his replacement David Zapacosta threaten from right wing back. Chelsea have generally been more dangerous down that flank this season. Willian and Pedro are both fine footballers, but they don't necessarily suit this 3-5-2 system, and with Morata seemingly struggling with the intensity of constant matches through the winter in his first English campaign, there's been a huge dependence on Eden Hazard in the final third. The brilliant Belgian is almost impossible to dispossess when he's dribbling at full speed, so preventing passes into him remains the best chance of nullifying his impact. With Michy Batshuayi yet to fully convince, Chelsea seem keen to sign another centre-forward to provide an alternative option up front. For now, though, Conti's men are likely to offer a familiar threat, and having played them twice in 2018 already, Arsenal soon know what to expect. Last match, 20-01-18, Premier League. Brighton Hove Albion 0, Chelsea 4, Hazard 3, 77, Willian 6, Moses 89. Chelsea, Caballero, Azpilicueta, Christensen, Luiz, 58, Rudiger, Moses, Kante, Bakayoko, Alonso, Zapacosta, 75, Willian, Musonda, 81, Hazard, Batshuayi. Subs not used, Eduardo, Ampadu, Sterling, Barkley. Did you know? This is the first time since 2004-05 that Arsenal have played one team five times in the same season. That year we played Manchester United twice in the league, once in the League Cup, in the Community Shield and in the FA Cup final. This is Arsene Wenger's 62nd meeting with Chelsea as Gunners boss, more than any other opposition. Arsenal have twice won the league title at Stamford Bridge in both 1932-33 and 1933-34. Last time we met, Chelsea nil, Arsenal nil. Carabao Cup semi-final first leg, January 10th, 2018. Arsenal, Ospina, Chambers, Mustafi, Holding, Bellerin, Shaka, Wilshire, Elneny, 57, Maitland-Niles, Iwobi, Welbeck, Lacazette, Alexis, 66. Subs not used, Macy, Mertesecker, Mavropanos, Nelson, Walcott. Chelsea, Courtois, Azpilicueta, Christensen, Rudiger, Moses, Drinkwater, William, 68, Kante, Fabregas, Alonso, Hazard, Bakayoko, 84, Morata, Batshuayi, 87. Subs not used, Eduardo, Luis, Zapacosta, Pedro. Quick stats. Five previous matches. Chelsea, nil, Arsenal, lil. League Cup, 10-1-2018. Arsenal, 2, Chelsea, 2. Premier League, 3-1-2018. Chelsea nil, Arsenal nil. Premier League 17-9-2017. Arsenal 1, Chelsea 1. FA Community Shield 6-8-2017. Arsenal 2, Chelsea 1. FA Cup 27-5-2017. Last five Player of the Year award winners. 2016-17, Eden Hazard. 2015-16, William. 2014-15 and 2013-2014, Eden Hazard. 2012-2013, Juan Mata. Last five number nines. Alvaro Morata, 
Redamel Falcao, Fernando Torres, Franco De Santo, Steve Sidwell. The run. 194 games, and the entire history of this fixture, dating back to our first meeting in 1907, there have never been successive nil-nil draws. Head-to-head. Premier League, 162, drawn 49, lost 51, played 162. FA Cup, 1-9, drawn 6, lost 5, played 20. League Cup, 1-2, drawn 1, lost 4, played 7. Champions League, 1-0, drawn 1, lost 1, played 2. Community Shield, 1-2, drawn 0, lost 1, played 3. Arsenal Women All of the latest news from Joe Montemuro's Gunners It's Yeovil in the Cup Arsenal will face Yeovil Town in the third round of the FA Women's Cup The tie will be played on Sunday, February 4th at the Somerset Sides Hewish Park Stadium and comes one week before we host the WSL's bottom club in the league. Kickoff is at 2pm. The Gunners have won the FA Cup a record 14 times, most recently with a 1-0 win over Chelsea in 2016. Gunners stand up to bullying. Arsenal women young players have taken part in a leadership workshop with the Diana Award, a charity that specialises in mentoring and anti-bullying programmes. Boys and girls from our youth setup have been encouraged to discuss themes such as respect and discrimination and to give their ideas on how to promote a happy and supportive environment at the club. Two young players now sit on the Diana Award Youth Panel and representatives from the Boys and Girls Academies will be attending a Premier League safeguarding conference this month to promote the work being done. Sunderland fixture change. The date of our Women's Super League fixture against Sunderland has been changed and we will now face the Black Cats on Sunday, March 25th at 12pm. More details are now as follows. Sunderland v Arsenal, Mariners Park. Sunday, March 25th, kick-off 12pm UK time. Win a place in the team photo call. It's not too late to sign up for your Arsenal women's membership and there's even a chance to win a place in our team photo with our mid-season membership offer. Along with access to our home games, members receive exclusive benefits including discounted tickets, prizes, events and a merchandise-filled membership pack. All fans who become a member by Friday, January 26th, will go into a draw to win a place in this year's team photo with our new manager, Joe Montemuro. The winner must be contactable by phone on January 26th and be able to attend the photo call at our training ground in London Colney on Monday, January 29th. Visit www.arsenal.com forward slash women for details. Under-10s get a taste for the big time. Arsenal's under-10s discovered what it's like to travel abroad and face continental opposition 
when they headed to the French Alps in early January. The squad, who were away from home for a whole weekend, took part in a full day's futsal tournament and continued the club's forward-thinking approach by playing boys during the competition. Irish duo among the goals. Congratulations to Arsenal duo Katie McCabe and Lucy Quinn, who were both on the score sheet as the Republic of Ireland beat Portugal 3-1 in a friendly last Sunday. Skipper McCabe was on fire, scoring with a header to put the Irish ahead before turning creator for Quinn's gold with a cross from a short corner. Unseen Arsenal August the 14th, 1971 Youth players show off the first-team trophy halls. It can be hard to recognise young players many years later, but there's one Arsenal youth player in this photograph in the hard copy who you'll know instinctively without a second glance, Liam Brady. Trophies change as well, yet for anyone who remembers that football existed before the formation of the Premier League, the one in his right hand will evoke fond memories. It's the Football League Championship trophy, which Arsenal had won for a then-record eighth time in 1970-71. So what's young Mr Brady doing with it, given that he was, and looks, a mere 15 years old at the time? This was Highbury on Saturday, August the 14th, 1971, and the opening day of the new season. Coming up was a London derby against Chelsea, and Arsenal saw it as an opportunity for young players from both clubs to parade the silverware they'd accumulated the previous season. Alongside Brady with the lead trophy is Stephen Williams, while the FA Cup is being held aloft by heavily sideburned goalkeeper Graham Hom and, behind Brady, John Matthews. As well as the double, the Gunners had also won the FA Youth Cup, while Chelsea's youngsters are showing off the European Cup Winners' Cup, which the Blues had won with a 2-1 victory over Real Madrid that May. Incredibly, there are two more trophies out of shot, as the Gunners had also won the South East Counties League Cup, and before kick-off, Bertie Mee was presented with the Manager of the Year award for the previous campaign. And even then, that isn't all the silverware on display, as you will probably also have noticed the shiny baton being wielded by a member of the Dagenham Girl Pipers who piped the players around on their lap of honour. One interesting thing to note is the respect between the two clubs. In that matchday programme we recall, one of the first clubs to send us congratulations when we did the double last season was Chelsea. Before returning the favour for their European triumph, and pointing out that, with Tottenham winning the League Cup as well, 1970-71 was London's greatest season. For all that's happened since, that may well still hold true today. Further perspective 1. The match, like the trophy hall that day, was rather one-sided. Arsenal won 3-0, thanks to goals from Frank McClintock, Ray Kennedy and John Radford. Further perspective, 2. The team that won the FA Youth Cup that season also included future coach Terry Burton, current manager of our ex-pro and celeb team, 
Brian Homsby and Brandon Batson OBE. Match action. Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. Saturday, January the 20th, 2018. Premier League, game number 36. Result. Arsenal 4, Crystal Palace 1. Venue. Emirates Stadium. Referee. Chris Kavanagh. Attendance. 59,386. Arsenal goal scorers. Monreal. 6th minute. Iwobi. 10th minute. Koscielny. 13th minute, Lacazetta, 22nd minute. Crystal Palace goal scorer, Milivojevic, 78th minute. Arsenal team, number 33, Czech, 24, Bellerin, 6, Koscielny, 20, Mustafi, 18, Monreal, substitute, 34 minutes. 35, Elneny, 29, Zaka, 10. Wilshire. 11. Urzil. Substitute 73 minutes. 17. Iwobi. Substitute 82nd minute. 9. Lacazetta. Substitutes 13. Ospina. 4. Mertesaka. 21. Chambers. 30. Maitland Niles. Substitute 34 minutes. 31. Kosalniak. Substitute 82 minutes. 61. Nelson. Substitute 73 minutes. 62. Nicotea. Crystal Palace team. Number 13. Hennessy. 24. Fosu Mensa. 34. Kelly. 5. Tomkins. 3. Van Anholt. 18. MacArthur. 7. Kabayi. Substitute 89 minutes. 4. Milivojevic. 11. Zaha. 26. Sako. 17. Benteke. Substitutes. 1. Speroni. 2. Ward. 10. Townsend. 14. Lee. 23. Soiree. 27. Delaney. 44. Riedewald. Substitute. 89 minutes. Match facts. Alexandre Lacazette's strike was the 500th by a French player for Arsenal in the Premier League, 358 more than any other side. Nacho Monreal was involved in three goals, one goal, two assists, as many as in his previous 43 Premier League games, two goals, one assist. Arsenal are unbeaten in their last 19 Premier League Saturday 3pm kickoffs since August 2013. Match stats. Total shots. Arsenal 16. Crystal Palace 9. Shots on target. Arsenal 10. Crystal Palace 5. Corners. Arsenal 5. Crystal Palace 10. Offsides. Arsenal 3. Crystal Palace 1. Fouls. Arsenal 6, Crystal Palace 8. Possession, Arsenal 63%, Crystal Palace 37%. Man of the match, Nacho Monreal. First half, Arsenal returned to winning ways by blowing Crystal Palace away in the first half of the first half at Emirates Stadium, going 4-0 up in 22 minutes and then cruising to victory. 
Nacho Monreal got the ball rolling by heading in Granit Zaka's corner, then turned provider by laying on a cross for Alex Iwobi to poke home the second on ten minutes, and the left-back was involved in the third too. Volleying Zaka's corner back across goal for Lauren Koscielny to bundle in. The fourth goal was the pick of the bunch, with Alexandre Lacazette firing home from Mesut Ozil's cute back heel. Second half. Perhaps it was no coincidence that, with Nacho Monreal contributing a goal and two assists, we failed to add to our tally after the Spaniard was withdrawn before the interval as a precaution. Palace defended better after the break, although there were still chances. Iwobi shot straight at Wayne Hennessy before the Palace keeper saved a long-range effort from Mohamed Elneny, before the visitors grabbed a late consolation when Luka Mililojevic volleyed past Petacek. But there was no way back and the Gunners had the points in the bag. My Story the Arsenal Foundation has helped fund the Woodland Adventure, a local project run by Scarabaeus Aerial Theatre for pupils and staff from Grafton Primary School. Soren Nielsen explains what it's all about. I'm a co-founder of Scarabaeus Aerial Theatre, as well as technical director and a workshop leader. I was born and raised in Denmark, but have lived in Holloway for 28 years. In total, 90 children and 15 adults took part in the Woodland Adventure, with each child attending four sessions. These involved climbing on giant spider webs rigged around a cluster of trees, with the children learning how to take risks, trust themselves and others, conquer fears, feel more self-confident and be active, all while experiencing the outdoors from a new perspective. The children explored the wild beauty of the wood, noticing and naming trees, learning about the seasons and spotting birds. They did bug hunting and made artwork from forest materials. They were also taught how to look after nature, not creating damage to plants and trees and not leaving litter. They also each planted a bulb in a small pot they took back to the classroom. The children loved it, but some benefited in ways we couldn't have predicted. One child had suffered a bereavement and become very withdrawn, struggling to concentrate in school. He really enjoyed the activities and laughed and smiled for the first time in a long while. Another boy from a troubled background lived in constant fear and was often disengaged and unable to open up. The sessions helped him to connect with his classmates. He found the school curriculum really difficult to access, which knocked his confidence, but he didn't have these boundaries when surrounded by nature in the woods, and he really felt like he was able to achieve something on his own. He spoke about the sessions for days afterwards. They made a real impact on his life. There was also a girl who's being raised by her paternal grandmother with no contact with her mother, which has left her with some trust and relationship issues. In school, she often displayed disruptive and violent behaviour, low self-esteem and poor peer relations. She'd also undergone surgery on her right leg, which had left her lacking in confidence. She was initially reluctant to tackle the spiderwebs alone, but as the sessions went on, she showed great resilience and completed some of the course independently. This was massive for her self-esteem. For me, it's always a pleasure to watch how naturally children take to the outdoors, how they open up and roam around confidently. It's also a pleasure to see children who struggle in a classroom situation suddenly flourish and become role models for their peers. 
and I think it's great that Arsenal give back to the local community and create opportunities for children and adults. For more info, visit www.scarabaeus.co.uk. Teams Officials Stroke Referee Michael Oliver Assistant Referees Simon Bennett, Scott Ledger Fourth Official, Andre Mariner Arsenal Manager, Arsene Wenger Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and red and white socks Number 2, Matthew Debushi Number 4, Per Mertesacker Number 6, Loren Kozilini Number 7, Henrik Mkhitaryan Number 8, Aaron Ramsey Number 9, Alexandre Lacazette Number 10, Jack Willishier Number 11, Mesut Ozil Number 12, Olivier Giroud Number 13, David Ospina, goalkeeper Number 16, Rob Holding Number 17, Alex Iwobi Number 18, Nacho Monreal Number 19, Santi Cazorla Number 20, Shokodran Mustafi Number 21, Callum Chambers Number 22, Jeff Wren Adelaide Number 23, Danny Welbeck Number 24, Hector Bellerin Number 27, Konstantinos Mavropanos Number 29, Granite Zaka Number 30, Ainsley Maitland-Niles Number 31, Seyad Kolesinak Number 32, Tuba Akpom Number 33, Petra Cech, goalkeeper Number 35, Mohamed Elneny Number 43, Josh De Silva Number 44, Vlad Dragomir Number 47, Charlie Gilmore Number 50, Dejan Ilyev, goalkeeper Number 54, Matt Macy, goalkeeper Number 58, Marcus McGuain Number 61, Reese Nelson Number 62, Eddie Enkatia Number 63, Jordi Tutu. Number 65, Ben Sheaf Number 69, Joe Willock Chelsea Manager, Antonio Conte Blue shirts, shorts and socks Number 1, Willy Caballero, goalkeeper Number 2, Antonio Rudiger Number 3, Marcos Alonso Number 4, Cesc Fabregas Number 6, Danny Drinkwater Number 7, Angolo Kante Number 8, Ross Barkley Number 9, Alvaro Morata Number 10, Eden Hazard Number 11, Pedro Number 13, Thibaut Courtois Goalkeeper Number 14, Tiomo Bakayoko Number 15, Victor Moses Number 16, Kennedy Number 17, Charlie Musonda Number 21, David Zapacosta Number 22, Willian Number 23, Michi Batshue Number 24, Gary Cahill Number 27, Andreas Christiansen Number 28, Cesar Aspercloeta Number 30, David Luiz Number 36, Kyle Scott Number 37, Eduardo, goalkeeper 
Number 44, Ethan Ampadu. Number 66, Dujon Sterling. Number 70, Callum Hudson-Odoi. Hello, this is Arsene Langer. That brings us to the end of this audio production of the Arsenal Match Day program. MBNA, official partner of Arsenal. The perfect match. Working together to make good stuff happen for fans. MBNA is a responsible lender. Credit cards issued by MBNA Limited. Credit is available subject to status to UK residents age 18 or over. Switch, save and win. Catch your bells, win Arsenal prizes and do something for the planet. This season we're giving Arsenal fans even more chances to win great prizes with an exciting new competition. Of course, you can still get the same 100% green electricity that powers Emirates Stadium for your home. And it's less than the price of the average standard tariff from the big suppliers. Sign up today at afc.octopus.energy for more chances to win. Octopus Energy, official energy partner with Arsenal. Switch online now at afc.octopus.energy. Arsenal, always ahead of the game. Red membership 2017-18. Membership benefits include Priority ticket access Access to ticket exchange Exclusive membership pack Access to unlimited Arsenal video content Join today from £29 Alwaysaheadofthegame.com Arsenal Stadium Tour Get closer to the home of football Includes the FA Cup experience. Audio tours in nine languages. Find out more at arsenal.com forward slash tours.